Welcome warriors. In this week's episode, I talk about my more recent trauma and sadly, it's one more and more people are experiencing. Grab a tissue, there may be good tears or bad tears, you never know. Let's rock. Does your past haunt you? Maybe you're in a storm that feels like it will never end. Are you fighting a battle that's rendering you hopeless? Maybe you feel like you're fighting alone, but your battle was not meant to be a solo endeavor. You were meant to be a warrior among warriors. My name is Heather, and I grew up thinking my battles were nobody's business until I found myself in an abusive marriage and felt cut off from all avenues of help. In this podcast, you will hear warriors' words. They will tell you of their battles, both won and lost, their journeys, and their lessons learned along the way. But we don't stop there. These warriors will share how they have applied those lessons to go from warrior to survivor to thriver. Whether it's an abusive marriage, illness, mental health crisis, or any number of traumas this world dishes out, these warriors will use their words to help you find the beauty in your broken, move beyond your battles, and become the thriver God created you to be. Pick up your sword or boxing gloves and join the battle. Your words are powerful, my friends. Make them warrior words. Welcome back to the Warrior Words Podcast. Thank you all so much for all of the love and the feedback that I got on those first few episodes. I really appreciate all of the listens and comments and reviews. You guys, you guys rocked it. Thank you so much. And as promised, I want to read one of those reviews that one of you left for me. This is from MRC423. Discover the beauty in your broken. There is so much to love about this podcast. Heather's voice is amazing and in and of itself, but as she uses those warrior words, I'm feeling encouraged, not alone, and certainly not a victim. Thank you, Heather, for providing this space of belonging. And thank you for making me tear up when I read that. And thank you for validating that this podcast is about encouragement and not remaining a victim. Yes, each one of us can be victimized, but it's our choice to hold on to that victim mentality or to become a warrior. Let's choose to become warriors. Today, I'm, I'm talking about another one of those clubs that no one wants to belong to, but whose memberships are filling more and more quickly these days. Cancer. Today, we're talking about cancer. First, let me say that cancer sucks, y'all. If you haven't experienced it personally or been close to someone who has, please consider yourself blessed. But maybe if we look hard enough, we can find blessings, even beauty in the brokenness that is cancer. Yes, it's true. Cancer takes way too many people away from this world way too early. That is not the blessing I'm talking about. That is heartbreaking and I know way too many. For today, let's travel back to 2019. I had been dealing with some, like, uh, some pain, some discomfort on the right side of my abdomen. And I also recently had one of those mammograms where you get that letter in the mail. You know, the one that says, you have dense breast tissue and you need to be more vigilant. I got those every year. Then I thought I felt something. My primary care doctor told me to have my, um, the abdominal doctor take a look. I ended up with another mammogram and that was negative. 
Then I was sent to have an ultrasound, also negative. By this time, I could definitely feel something, but my abdominal doc was too focused on gallstones and the removal of my gallbladder. I started seeing some physical changes as well. And while we're not getting graphic on this podcast, I do need to say that if you have an inverted nipple, ladies, get thee to a doctor ASAP. And another PSA, please do your self-exams and have your yearly mammos. Even though mine was not detected on my annual mammogram, it's still important and I still get them every year. So my abdominal doc did take a look, but he didn't see what I was seeing. For whatever reason, at that particular day and time, it wasn't completely inverted. He told me I had to wait six months and then come back and he'd take a look at it then. In the meantime, he was removing my gallbladder. Merry Christmas. Yep, it was December. I went back to my primary and she could see the inversion and feel the lumps. Yes, I said lumps, plural. By this time, it was pretty obvious. She took action and likely saved my life. She got me scheduled for an MRI with biopsy on December 30th. I had my gallbladder removed right before Christmas and I had to heal enough to be able to lie on my stomach. So I had that biopsy with the, with the MRI done and I was told to call back on the next day, New Year's Eve, so I did. The nurse told me that the doctor had already gone home for the day but I asked her if she could check my chart. She pulled something up on the computer and I heard her gasp and say, oh my, under her breath. Then she told me she wasn't allowed to give me the results and that the doctor would call me back after the holiday. Well, you already told me, honey. You already did. So my crappy 2020 started a couple months before the rest of the world's crappy 2020. Everything had moved so slowly in 2019, but it all became a whirlwind starting on January 2nd, 2020. On that day, I heard the words no one wants to hear. It's cancer. If you've never personally heard those words, I want you to close your eyes for a minute, not if you're driving, and imagine someone saying those words to you. Try to feel like what it might feel like Imagine a million questions filling your mind all at once, not the least of these being, what are my chances of survival? How am I gonna tell my kids? I actually decided not to tell my kids until I had more information. I knew I couldn't answer their questions and try to calm their fears if I didn't know myself what was going on or you know all of the, the details and information. So one week later, on January 9th, I was in a doctor's office where a parade of nurses and doctors visited me one by one. They introduced themselves and their specialties and the role each would play in my treatment. It was a blur, but I remember a couple, a couple very specific details. The oncologist told me she was surprised to see zero emotion on my face or in my words. The surgeon who would do my mastectomy came in wearing cowboy boots, red cowboy boots. And she had traveled from another state to be my surgeon. The rest, I don't really remember. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There was one other comment made by one of the nurses 
that I found really out of place and, and borderline import inappropriate. She said, at least you'll come out of this with two perky ones. What? That's what you say to someone who has just been diagnosed with cancer? Who just sat in an office for hours beating with who knows how many people telling her everything they planned to do? My head was spinning and I didn't even know if I was going to live or if I had just been handed a death sentence. And she's talking about having two perky breasts at age 51. Okay. I was scheduled for a mastectomy a week later, two days after my birthday. What a year so far, right? (laughs) Gosh, happy new year, you have cancer. Happy birthday, we need to cut your breast off so it doesn't kill you. Fun. Before my surgeon, before my surgery, my surgeon came in and talked to me while my sister sat with me. She said it was likely going to be routine. They'd go in, cut it out, and take a lymph node just to make sure it hadn't spread. She was pretty sure it would be fine. Remember, they saw nothing on my mammogram. They saw nothing on my ultrasound. Whatever they saw on the MRI was enough to convince them it was routine. I think you know what I'm going to say next. It was not routine. When they opened me up, there were four tumors and I was half a centimeter away from having stage three breast cancer. So they called it stage two B. If I had listened to the other doc and waited that six months, if my primary care wasn't an amazing doctor who fought for me, there might have been a very different outcome. And that lymph node they took out just to be sure it hadn't spread, it was pretty much all cancer. So they took six more lymph nodes. Gratefully, none of those were cancerous. This will be noteworthy in just a minute. Shortly after my surgery, my plastic surgeon noticed that things weren't healing correctly. There was some kind of infection, a kind not usually seen after a mastectomy. Plus, part of my skin was dying. He treated the infection with silver, but it was back to the OR to remove the dying skin before it got any worse. More healing. A couple weeks later, remember all those lymph nodes they removed? Well, apparently they're kind of necessary, and some people develop something called lymphedema when they're removed. It's not a regular occurrence, but they sent me to a lymphedema specialist to have me evaluated, just in case. Guess what? Yep, you guessed it, you guys are good. Breast cancer gave me the gift of lymphedema, a condition that at the current time is something I live with and treat for the rest of my life. The rest of my life. That phrase took on a whole new meaning in February, 2020. This is a good place to stop for a moment and thank a few people who make the Warrior Words podcast possible. First, my audio and video editor and the composer of this podcast music is known as Agent Secret 24 on YouTube. If you know anyone who likes music and video games, please check them out. My podcast cover art designer is Sophia of Sophia Labano Creative. My photographer is Val of Val Westover Photography. And my podcast coach is Stephanie Gass. All of their information will be in the show notes if you want to check them out. But specifically for this episode, I wanted to add a couple of resources, some organizations I encountered during my cancer journey. 
The first was the Gracie Foundation, and you can find them at thegraciefoundationinc.org. And I'll put that spelling in the, uh, in the show notes. The National Breast Cancer Foundation at nationalbreastcancer.org. And to live to cure at to live to cure.org. And the twos are numbers, not words. There are more, and I will list them also in the description box. Many offer gift boxes and care packages for cancer patients. If you know someone who has been recently diagnosed, one of these may be the beauty they need. And I get absolutely nothing for recommending any of these cancer resources. Okay, so. After my lymphedema diagnosis, I was told I I would have to wear a sleeve and a gauntlet on a daily basis. But at least I can have bright colors and patterns. And I decided to go with that option. I figured if I have to stand out, we're gonna do it loud and proud. So I have a few different uh, colors and patterns that, that I wear. So then it was time for chemo. Because it was not routine as they previously thought, I was scheduled for four rounds of chemo and would also be scheduled for radiation, but more on that later. To make chemo a tiny bit easier, they scheduled me for another surgery, yes, another one, to insert a port on the opposite side of my chest near my collarbone. This would limit the number of times they'd have to stick me with needles and the port could stay in place as long as the docs thought I would need it. The day of that surgery came and one of the nurses commented, oh, you have Dr. So-and-so. That means you won't have a scar when they remove that port. That made me feel a little better, but little did she know. Because remember, nothing has been routine so far, so why start now? Remember when I mentioned that strange infection I got after the mastectomy? Well, I got it again. It was so bad they almost couldn't get the needle in for my first chemo session so much for being scar-free. They ended up figuring out that it wasn't really an infection. It was an allergic reaction to the clear tape that they used during the surgery. It's called Tegaderm, and I can no longer use it. Needless to say, the place where my port was is quite noticeable now. So now we're into March, and I'm at my second chemo session. Everybody listening probably knows what happened in March of 2020. There was enough going on that no one was allowed to come in with me already. I also wasn't allowed to bring anything with me other than hand hand sanitizer and my phone. And that was only because I had to be able to let my ride know when I was ready to be picked up. I'm so grateful for my mother for being my ride at all of my chemo sessions and later at all of my uh, radiation sessions. That wonderful woman sat in a car and waited during all of my treatments. Amazing. Anyway, so it was during this second session that the governor of my state issued the lockdown orders. Before I even knew what happened, I was watching the nurses run around in a panic trying to figure out what it meant for us chemo patients. When one of the nurses finally came to my space, she handed me some papers and told me that lockdowns had been ordered, but I was permitted to travel for chemo purposes. Thank goodness, thank God, praise God for all of that. But I had to carry my papers with me at all times to prove that I was allowed to be out. I had to take special precautions because the chemo made me immunocompromised. From that moment on, I was in cancer treatment alone. 
When it came to ring the bell after chemo, I tried to do a live, but it didn't record. I know so many people suffered by not being allowed to see or be with loved ones during this time. It was truly sad, making a difficult time all that much more difficult. I went through radiation the same way, alone. This time, however, I had figured out Zoom, hadn't we all? <laughs> so I scheduled a Zoom bell ringing. It was brief, but the blessing of being on Zoom was that there were people from multiple states, even from across the country. And that would not have happened if the world had been in a different space. And that's one part of thriving that I've learned and held on to. It's part of my tagline now. We have to find the beauty in the broken. Things are always gonna be messed up one way or another. And we need to look for the good. You know, that proverbial silver lining on our clouds. We don't get to avoid the messiness of this world, but we can find some beauty in those messes. For me, that was having family and friends come together briefly to celebrate that I had survived multiple surgeries, chemo, and radiation. It was a bright spot in a dismal situation. Another moment of beauty during that time was a car parade. Those became popular as ways of letting people know they were loved and missed, like to celebrate birthdays and other events. My sister and several dear friends got together and organized a car parade on the day I completed chemo. And it still makes me cry. Some of them traveled over an hour just to drive by my house, honk their horns, annoy my neighbors. Some of them came out of their houses and displayed posters of encouragement while I watched from the steps of my townhouse. It was one of the most beautiful moments of my cancer journey. I collected all those posters and hung them on my walls so I could see them every day as I continued the rest of my treatment. My thoughts on thriving from this episode today are twofold. First, for those undergoing terrible, uncertain, and or painful medical journeys, force yourself. I know it's very hard at times, but force yourself to find something beautiful. It may be someone's smile or kind words. Maybe it's something someone does to make your life a little easier or a cloud formation or the lyrics of a song. Anything that makes you smile just a little bit. The second is for those who know someone going through a medical journey. Find ways to create beauty for them like my family and friends did for me. It doesn't have to be a car parade but maybe it would still be welcome. What about meals so they don't have to worry about going to the store or cooking? What about sending a card or a note or even an email or a text message once a week so they get something fun, especially fun mail, like actual mail letters. Those cards are just, they are such a blessing. I saved the ones I got. I remember sitting in that office the very first day I met my medical team. Heck, it was the first time I even had a medical team not just a doctor. But I remember feeling so alone and uncomfortable. That could be why my, cardi my not my cardiologist, I'm sorry, my oncologist <laughs> could find no emotion in my face or my voice. I remember thinking that visit needed something. I didn't call it seeking beauty at the time, nor do I know if I would have even recognized beauty on that day. But I couldn't help think that some flowers 
or some kind of care package would have somehow made things seem a little more hopeful. Instead, I met a bunch of people and left with a folder of papers and pamphlets and not a whole lot to make me feel like it was going to be okay. Sometimes warriors need others to battle alongside them, other warriors. And sometimes their job is to help us see hope and beauty in an otherwise hopeless situation. What can you do to add beauty to someone's life? Oh, you know, I also wanted to explain the purple boxing gloves that you see in my podcast art. Shortly after I was diagnosed, I saw a photo of a group of women outside a cancer treatment center. They surrounded the woman with cancer and all wore pink t-shirts and they all had pink boxing gloves on. I wasn't excited about the pink sisterhood at the time and I always loved the color purple, which also fits with my domestic abuse story. So I decided to get a pair of purple boxing gloves to symbolize my fight and knocking out cancer. I would not be able to recreate that photo due to the, you know, the other nonsense going on at that time, but I could find beauty in that. I came up with the idea to collect the signatures of those who supported me in this fight. On one glove, I got the autographs of my medical team. On the other, I got those of the people who were there to be, who were able to visit me, both my family and friends. These gloves represent the love and care so many people showed during that ugly time. Those gloves are stored away one day to be encased in a shadow box. The gloves you see in my art represent those and the gloves of all those who fight. Okay, warriors, that's it for me, from me today. Go out and create beauty for yourself or someone else. Until we meet again, fight the good fight, seek beauty, and make your words warrior words. God bless. Are you still listening? Good. I have a favor to ask. If you are enjoying these episodes, could you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the show? Your star ratings and comments help Apple help other people find me. And that would be so helpful for me and the Warrior Words podcast. I may even read some of your reviews on an upcoming episode. Thank you, Warriors. Warriors.